In the book of the Kabbalah, it talks about the three levels of thought, speech, and action. Action is the most important part, but it starts from thought, and then speech, and then action. And this is our responsibility as human beings on this world, that we need to jump into the action. We need to become an activist. We need to step up at the moment and make things happen. Don't just watch things happen and don't even know that they happen, but rather make it happen. And throughout history, we have seen so many people who have chosen the route of action, of actually doing something, even if it's out of our comfort zone, even though it's something that we're not used to doing, but if it's something that needs to be done, be the one to do it. The story of Noah, when God summoned him to build the ark, when the world was going to be destroyed by a flood, and God instructed Noah, you build a boat. Noah spent 120 years building this massive boat, which is 200 feet shorter than the Titanic. It was about 600 feet long, 60 feet tall. But Noah, interestingly, why did it take him 120 years? That's a lot of years to build a boat. And the reason is because he wanted to do it himself. He just wanted to do it and not delegate it, not push it onto someone else, but rather do it by himself. When an opportunity comes to us, we need to ask ourselves the question, why am I in this position? Why am I aware of the situation that there is? Why is God putting me in a predicament other than God needs me to do it? God needs me to be the one to take the action and to make it happen. I want to share with you a story that inspired me so much. This is in 1940, September 1st, in Lithuania. There was a Japanese consul. His name is Sugihara. He just became the consul in Lithuania. In 1940, at that time, the Germans were already invading Poland. A group of Polish Jews fled Lithuania, telling the horror stories of what the Germans are doing to the Jewish people, the atrocities, the murders, the pogroms. And they went to the council, to the Japanese council, because the only way out of Lithuania as the Germans were heading towards Lithuania, was to be able to go east through Russia. But Russia would not let anyone pass through the territory unless they had a visa, a transit visa. So hundreds of Jewish refugees who fled Poland with nothing surrounded the council, the Japanese council in Lithuania. And they pleaded with Sugihara, the council, to please provide them with visas so they could flee through Russia. Sugihara said, I'm just a council. I don't have authority to, uh, to um, produce so many visas, but I will reach out to Tokyo and get permission. 
Three times he reached out and he was denied authorization to produce the visas. That night, Sugihara and his wife, Yokiko, thought to themselves, how can we sleep at night knowing that all those Jewish people outside our council right now are going to die when we can save them? And he was weighing the facts. Well, if I defy Tokyo and I produce these visas, these transit visas, I will not only be in trouble, I will be punished severely and I'll lose everything I have versus saving these people. The couple decided that he is going to produce the visas. The next morning, he opened up the council and he personally hand wrote visa after visa after visa, not just for individuals, for families, so that they could go through Russia. He was writing 300 visas a day between July and August of 1940. He kept on writing and writing and writing and writing visas every single day. He didn't even stop to eat. His wife would provide him sandwiches at the end of the day and would massage his hand because he was writing all these visas by hand. This he kept on doing for about a month. It was at the time when eventually they had to close down the council and he was forced to leave. At the time, he has already provided some 6,000 people visas to flee. Even as he was leaving and going to the train station, he was still writing the visas. Even as he aborted the train, he would open the window and keep on throwing out visas. And as the train started to leave, he left them with a whole bunch of empty passports and he threw out the visa stamp so that they could continue on producing these transit visas. Eventually, Sugihara had to leave. He was eventually arrested in Russia, spent 18 months in prison, then eventually transferred back to Tokyo. In Tokyo, they stripped him of all of his ranks and he was forced into poverty until... 1968. 1968, an Israeli economic attaché, Mr. Joshua Nishi, who was one of the survivors of the Sugihara visas, went to research to what happened to Sugihara. He tracked him down and he learned how he has been living impoverished for all these years. And he introduced himself to him. And Mr. Sugiara asked him a question. He says, you know, the month that I wrote all those visas, did any of them get saved? Did, did, it, did they make it through Russia? Did anyone, was it a benefit to anybody? He lived 
30 years not knowing if his effort had any effect at all. Joshua was so thrilled to explain to him not only that every single visa saved those families, there are 30,000 people that survived the war because of your visas. And they estimated that by now there are probably 200,000 descendants who are alive because of him. He was so thrilled until his final passing. He actually passed away on the same day that he began writing those visas. I read the story. The name Sugihara is not very well known, but to the 30,000 survivors, they know survivors of Sugihara. You may look him up and you'll see the story. But what this story taught me that Mr. Sugihara heard something, he saw something, he did something. He took action. God put him in a position he did not ignore or shy away. He did, and he took that action. We know the same story happened with Schindler's List, with Isaac Cern and Oscar Schindler. And we go through so many others who had opportunity just to walk away and say, this is not my problem. Versus saying, yes, it is your problem. Because God put you in this position to get involved, to make a difference, to do something, it is your responsibility to do it. Just do it. Our sages tell us it's not about the talking, it's about the action. Action is more important than anything else in life. So we need to open our eyes and our ears. When we hear of a situation, when we hear that there is a, dis a disagreement, when we hear that there is a dissent between individuals, between families, between business partners, it is our responsibility not to sit quiet, but throw yourself into it and do your best because you will be doing God's work. Whenever we are out and about and something comes to our attention, don't dismiss it. Embrace it and say, there's a reason why this came my way. It's so that I should be God's ambassador to make a difference, or at least make an effort. When you make an effort, then the channels open up. In the Hebrew language, there's a word called rotzon, which means the will. If you take the same letters of rotzon, it has the same words as tsinor, which means a channel. That when you want to do something and you make the effort, then you will open up the channel. A channel of blessing from God. And when God sees that you are his ambassador, that you didn't shy away from an opportunity, but you stepped forward and you jumped in, you dived in and you gave it your all, then God will bless you and empower you and give you what you need as to continue on being God's ambassador. So the next time an opportunity comes your way, don't shy away, embrace it, grasp it, dive in, do your best, and God will definitely do the rest. God bless you. God loves you.